name is David Keyes and I play the character of Rick. That's a good question, actually. I don't know if I remember. It was a hundred years ago. Um, it might have been an audition or a casting. I'm not sure. But back in those days, you didn't tend to do as many auditions as you do nowadays. You know, there's a lot of self-taping, all that nonsense nowadays. Tended to happen that maybe they'd seen you in something else on the telly or maybe your agent recommended you. And I had a very good agent, so they might have taken it on trust. I'm not really sure. I don't remember doing a reading for it. I remember getting a script, um, I think. Yes, I did. Because there was an issue with, um, I think I turned it down at first, actually. Because there was a whole sort of stuff about him having beaten up the girl, uh, his partner. And I think I said that I wouldn't really do a scene where I'm beating up a woman on TV. Because, number one, it didn't feel ethically right, but also... <laughs> I don't want to go down the local pub and get beaten up for beating up women on the telly because people aren't always that smart about things. But then they assured me that, yeah, I remember them assuring me that um, you wouldn't see that. You know, you basically, him, I think he's come out of prison and she's kind of got black eye and stuff like that. So it was suggested rather than sort of actual. Um, and yeah, and then I sort of went and did the job. Um, so I don't remember casting for that one. I might have gone in and read. I think they were at three mils, weren't they, at the time? I'm not sure, down in East London, which is where I live. But yeah, it's a hazy, hazy memory now. I think it was only Rick, from what I remember. I, I didn't go out for one of the regulars. I've been doing a lot of telly. I was very lucky when I left drama school. I was sort of in and out of telly a lot. And I'm pretty sure I'd done the bill before that, which was the first ever series. So that was quite sort of a well-received. And I was doing lots of bits in and out on telly. So... Um, but I don't remember casting for any regular. I, I, I'm not even sure. Was this episode, these episodes I did were in the first series, I think, were they? For London's Burning? I'm not sure. But yeah, no, I mean, I only remember that character, to be honest. But one thing I remember was it, it was freezing cold. It had been snowing. <clears throat> and they had to um, get rid of the snow because of continuity. So they're brushing snow away all the time. And the lovely wardrobe people had literally put me in this little shirt and jacket and i don't think i've ever been so cold actually actually i've been much colder on jobs since but at the time and i remember it being the only time that i actually just could not remember my lines and it wasn't because i learned them it's because i was too cold um yeah so i think um one of the scenes was in the kind of flat where he's come out and i think the ross's character had found them somewhere to live and so i was sort of hanging around looking sort of a bit of a toe rag and uh he was sort of trying to sort of G us all up about how exciting it was to have somewhere to live. So we did some interior shots and we also did some outdoor shots on location. Um, and then, of course, the second episode was the big fight scene. So we did that out sort of on a wall. I think probably out, it must have been maybe outside the flat where Rick and his girlfriend, which was Ross's character's sister, I think, um, where we'd moved in and he came around to have a go at me and I basically beat him up I suppose and then the third episode I'm not sure where that was but I know that I then got beaten up so basically I beat up the girlfriend I beat up the brother and then I get beaten up that was kind of the beginning middle and end of it but that was on location so I do remember having cement dust thrown in my eyes by these couple of burly stuntmen who were there to sort of beat me up and I also do remember I think I mentioned this before, the, the stuntman saying, don't worry, it won't hurt. I'll pull my punches. And it really hurt. <laughs> and, and I just went for it because I was, you know, I was sort of 
I felt like I was in a real fight and I just really laid into this guy. And at the end, he just, I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I just might have gone a bit out of the time. He didn't feel a thing. These guys are tough guys and I cannot fight. I mean, you, you talk stage fight, of course. So you look like you can do it, but I certainly couldn't do it in real life. <laughs> it was great, actually. He was a real gen. I, I didn't know him personally, but we had a lot of um, mutual friends. So I knew he was a good guy. Um, and, uh, oh, he was really gracious, actually. Because I, I tell you what, especially in this fight scene, in the second episode, because um, obviously, you know, I managed to miss him. and I was having to sort of look at sort of pretending to kick him, which I'd sort of stamp the floor instead of um, kicking him. But uh, I remember one of the other, I don't know if it's an actor or supporting artist, but he actually did give Ross an uppercut that was quite horrific, actually. He didn't mean to, obviously, and he was very sorry afterwards, but he caught Ross's chin, I think. And I remember, I think one of Ross's teeth actually went through his lip and it was horrible. And of course, you feel really bad. And Ross was such a gentleman. He was fantastic. He just took it in his stride and said, don't worry. Obviously, he wasn't happy about it, but um, he, he was fantastic. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed working with him. It was brief, but he was a you know, consummate actor who was well worth working with. And not a lot of memory apart from the flat, which was quite dingy. Uh, I remember sort of <clears throat> there was quite a scene between the brother and the sister, and I didn't have much to do. And I was sort of like just playing with the door handle or something. I know it's one of those sort of moments in the semi-background where you think, oh, I've got to do something here. <laughs> um, so I was probably sort of looking like I was interested uh, hardly at all, but, you know, about, oh, what a nice door handle, stuff like that. So it's quite a dingy flat. I'm not sure where it was, actually. Probably it was. It might have been a studio. I don't know. No, probably not. I do remember um, the we did a night shoot. So that was the fight scene in episode the second episode. And that was when it was really cold. I think the director was in a wheelchair. I don't know if he'd broken something. That, that was a strange memory. And just shivering a lot. And, you know, as I said before, you know, them having to sweep the snow away because it wouldn't match in the timeline with other things. So it was quite, quite a lot of waiting around to make sure it looked right. But then it was just very dingy and it was sort of, um, you know, a wall sort of speckled with rain and, and you know, the poor guy going down to the floor and me just sort of looking down at him and giving him a really hard time. Um, it was quite aggressive. I used it years ago in my show because obviously it was a sort of, uh, it was topical then and I looked young enough to sort of have that in my reel and uh, it was always quite disturbing looking back at it actually. But the, the final scene, I don't know. I think it must have been on some kind of wasteland somewhere. But I just remember having to sort of kind of run from these guys and getting attacked. Um, but I really don't know where we filmed it. Sorry, um, my location memory is not as good as my the people I work with. Mm. I would imagine it was done over a few days, obviously, because some of it was daytime, some of it was nighttime. And, and because it was three different episodes, I can't remember how they did the schedule because I know when you used to do the build, they'd shoot sometimes, um, <clears> or <throat> well, later times. Well, the first ones were shot more like film, one camera, wobbly stuff. But um, and so but by the end, they were shooting two or three episodes a week and people were getting on the wrong bus. Pink script on this bus, green script on that bus, and everybody was getting on the wrong bus and going to the wrong locations. With London's Burning, I don't know. I remember it was it was a real sort of professional setup and everything. It was... It was um, not unpleasant to work on as far as sort of production and organisational skills went, because that, that was always good on telling in those days. Um, but I think I must have had sort of time off in between 
the episodes. It might have been one a week, one day a week. I'm not sure. I just remember it being a very confusing time because I'd worked so much the year before. And, you know, I'd been doing a TV series at Granada. I'd done a commercial, I think. I was in the theatre in Manchester at the Royal Exchange. So loads of things were going on. It was the busiest year, actually two years, because I'd done another tour. And then, then it got to 1989. And um, I actually turned down a job at Christmas just before London's Burning. And, and then I thought, oh, blimey, I'm not going to work now. And this came up, and it was three episodes. And... Uh, I actually think that's probably the only three episodes I did that year. Uh, but luckily, it picked up a quiet time. Yeah, definitely. So it's quite good to do. But obviously, it must have been winter because in those days, it did only snow in the winter. Nowadays, it can snow in July, if you like. Do you know what I mean? So, But I, I imagine it was sort of early 89 we shot it. But again, hazy, hazy memories. Ah, well, that's something I didn't know. I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. I did see, I have seen quite a bit of it, but I, I, it's not a series I followed all the way through. So I wouldn't be able to keep up with, um, you know, all the sort of ins and outs of the series. So that's quite interesting. Um, but, you know, my, my stuff was quite limited in a sense. I only really remember Ross, the lady who played his sister, and a couple of guys who were sort of my backup sort of hoodlums, really. Um, so it was a fairly intimate thing i didn't work with literally any of the other sort of firemen i didn't see fire engines i didn't see uniforms i didn't meet the lovely kim tailfalls back in those days if she was in it i did work with her more recently in a theater tour but yeah so i didn't really know but i think i knew some of the other actors because of other people i've worked with because I, I was i mean i did things like blows of a feather so i think pauline and linda were quite good friends with some of the cast as well but that it was that london set do you know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody was popping up in various episodes of everything else. So you'd either meet on Birds of a Feather or you meet on The Bill or London's Burning or some of the sort of little movies that were being made. So everybody crossed paths. And sometimes as an actor, it's quite easy to go on a job and say, oh, we worked on that, didn't we? And it's like, no, we didn't. We worked on that. Or I know your face from this, but you know my face from that. So, yeah, but I didn't really come across any of the major cast. And I think probably because I was on locations, you know, if you're sort of in the main thrust of it all, you're probably meeting in the canteen and, you know, sort of seeing all the sort of works of it. But very often you, you turn up and you kind of bust out to somewhere. And so you might actually be sitting in a little caravan or you might be sitting on one of those double-decker buses where they have your lunch and dinner and stuff. So you don't tend to always meet the whole cast, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of... What I remember. Yeah, well, I mean, Jack Rosenthal was a genius, wasn't he? Especially with comedy as well. <clears throat> I mean, I first knew of him when I saw that film, uh, The Knowledge, uh, about the taxi drivers, and I just absolutely loved it. It cracked up. It was brilliant. Um, I didn't meet him on London's Burning. I doubt if he originated it, I doubt he was kind of around by the time I was doing it. I did meet him on a few occasions through a very dear friend of mine who's... Um, one of these greatest British directors, a chap called Jack Gold. And Jack Gold and Jack Rosenthal were very good friends. And I stayed at Jack's house for a while when I left drama school and he was very supportive of my career. So obviously Jack was married to, Jack Rosenthal was married to Maureen Littman. So she was Auntie Maureen when she came around the house for tea. Um, but yeah, he was a lovely man, really. Uh, and what a great writer. Um, I wish I could name lots of other, I've seen lots of other things that he's done, of course. And, can't remember if he had written the chain um, that Jack Gold directed. I'm not sure, but certainly, um, you know, there's sort of. I was very lucky to be 
sort of meeting these guys. They had a company together, and it was Jack Rosenthal, Jack Gold, Mike Lee, Willie Russell, and another guy, because there was five of them, because it was called Quintet. I remember being very honoured to be taken out for Chinese with them after a film premiere, and it was just, I was in my element. I thought I'd really made it, you know, but I was surrounded by the, the film, TV Grace. Paul Knight, I don't think I'm, I might have met maybe at the casting. I've got a feeling I did something else with Paul, and, but I, I'm not sure if it was him. I think it might have been The Stretch, which we did for Sky, which had um, Leslie Grant and Anita Dobson in, funny enough, but not in their East End characters, but playing these, a gangster and his wife. That, that was a really fine piece of work as well. Forgive me if Paul didn't do that, but if he did, well done and thanks for the job, you know. Um, no, I mean, you know, with respect, it was obviously a really highly respected series and it went down really well with the public. Um, but in a sense, as an actor, it was another job, if you like, you know, and you're going from one job to the next. So you didn't kind of hang around too much. But I do remember, because I lived in the East End of London off the Roman Road and uh, I had a local pub where I could drink because obviously all the locals kind of knew me. I got on well with, with all of them and uh, they knew I was an actor. They'd see me pop up in bits and bobs and... But I do remember at the time, you had to be very careful because millions of people watch these things. And if your face is a little bit known from the telly, especially in your area, um, you, you had to be a bit careful for a week or two after um, an episode was aired. Particularly, I mean, when I'm beating up probably the most popular character on TV at the time, which was Ross Boatman's character. So I kind of didn't go out for a week or two. The, the the issue is that it happens to it certainly happens to boxers. If a boxer's in the pub and a drunk guy, you know, has a guy and it's like I I, I knocked out so and so, you know, so they've got to be really careful, even though they're tasty, you know. Um, to quote Johnny Rotten about Sid Vicious, I can't fight my way out of a paper crisp bag, so I would not want to leave myself in a situation where people thought I was quite hard because they'd seen the thing and I looked quite tasty in it. Uh, and being in a situation where I, you know, could get myself into trouble around those areas, which were quite tough at the time. But I was able to go to my local pub because they all knew who I was. And, uh, but yeah, so that was my kind of main overarching memory of London's burning, of being like a real toe rag who beats up really nice people. <laughs> you know. I don't believe I had any makeup. Uh, I don't think you needed to. Certainly, I mean, I've used makeup in telly sometimes, but mostly they just go for your natural look because that's how you look. Um, nowadays, I might need to, uh, if I've got the beard, darken it up with a bit of mascara or something, you know, to look a bit younger. Um, sometimes a bit under the eyes, you know, to not, not just to make you, but to open your eyes up a bit more. But no, I don't remember using any makeup at all on that. Um, I imagine Ross would have done because there was blood from the nose and the teeth, but when you had his own blood because of the punch. Um, costume, I just remember being really tatty. Uh, you know, he wasn't particularly a well-dressed, uh, elegant gentleman, of course. So, uh, but as I do remember, it was a very thin shirt and a little sort of denim jacket. And I'd, I, I, since jobs like that, I'd nearly always taken my own set of thermals on set wherever I go to have them under, the, even if you, you've got a low shirt on, you cut the thermos so at least you can wear something underneath. But that was a kind of lesson because it was absolutely freezing. Yeah, but it, it was pretty sort of low down the fashion uh, chain, what he was wearing, sort of jeans and I think it was an old football shirt or something, I'm not sure, but yeah. But on, on those jobs generally, listen, costume and makeup are your best friends. They're the people you want to 
be with because they're the guys and ladies who sort of look after you really to be honest you know they keep your spirit up and um, they protect you especially on the very big movies because sometimes they can save your life because um, you can do some things that are extremely dangerous and uh, not so much in the UK because you know it's always been great you know people have really taken care but I have to say some of the big American things I've done have been quite scary and hairy so yeah the costume makeup people are, are your best friends but remarkably I'm still an actor after about 38 years I think so I've been in and out of work all the time but I've had a, I've been very lucky traveled the world played theater in Japan and Argentina I've done movies in the Caribbean I've been all over so I've been very lucky tough to earn a living of course for all of us so um the last two years are probably the only two years I've not been paid professionally because of, of course, lockdown. I'm luckily to have, being an older actor, still be on those contracts where you get some royalties in every now and then. So that's kind of helped to keep going. But we all have to survive. Um, but I did have a film, a movie came out just before, during the lockdown, um, which was an Italian, all Italian um, crew and production, but it was all British and American actors. And that was called Shortcut. I think it came about seventh in the biggest grossing movies on the first weekend for the simple reason that uh, it was um, shown in drive-in cinemas because a lot of cinemas were closed in the States. So the drive-ins did very well and it's kind of action, fantasy, teenage sort of horror piece. So it did particularly well. Um, so that's kind of streaming, but I don't know where because I don't understand any of the channels. Trouble is an actor now, you do all these things, you can't watch them because you haven't got any of those channels and you can't work out how to get Amazon Prime or Sky or whatever it is. And during lockdown, I've been making a film with a filmmaker and artist called Robert Wren. And I'm not allowed to say too much because it's not, I've finished all my filming, but um, he's now sort of doing all the post stuff and editing and all that stuff. And uh, all I'll say is it's a wonderful piece of work. It's been a real labor of love, virtually zero budget. I play a guy in, in, who's in his late 60s, but I also play him in his um, late 30s. And my son, one of my sons plays him at 19. And uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic piece of work. It's looking good. I'll, I'll just say it's based on a Samuel Beckett play. That's all I'm really allowed to say at the moment. But hoping that'll be ready sort of by mid-end of the year. And we'll see what we can do about getting it out to festivals and stuff like that. Meantime... A couple of self-tape auditions, but nothing's come of it yet. But we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of ready to get out there again now. I've been very quiet and kept my head down because I've got kids and I want to, didn't want to, my wife is amazing, works with old people in care homes. So we've been very, very careful not to um, go too far afield, um, unless the money's right, of course, but it never is in that place. Well, you're welcome. It's been fun. It's lovely to meet you and um, send out my kindest regards to all of the London's burning, cars, crew and everything. And I hope you're all still thriving. And thanks for the opportunity way back when to, to work alongside you.